gospel message. This week's gospel message is titled, The Knowledge of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 read, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So I was looking for another verse when I came across this verse again. And that verse too really struck me. And it's been resonating with me for some time now. I sort of forgot about it and then I came back to it again tonight. And that's the verse that reads, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Now, normally we'll stop it there in our minds because... You know, God has given us a a promise here. He's given us a gift here. And he's saying grace and peace through Peter. He's saying grace and peace be multiplied to you. But there's a caveat in that promise. There's a caveat in that gift that God is giving us. He's saying grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. And of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning it is the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ that will now cause this grace and peace to be multiplied unto us. And and we Christians, we have this habit of taking part of the message and leaving the other part. We like to take the promise without looking at the conditions of a promise. And... There are conditions because when people say grace is free, yeah, grace is free. It's undeserving and that's what makes it free. However, in order for the grace to be upon us, there has to be an acceptance that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Without the acceptance that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, then we cannot partake in that grace. And this verse follows along the same line. When it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that takes us back to John chapter 17, which is the famous chapter in which Jesus Christ prays to the Father for us. He was praying for his disciples at that time. But he also said in that chapter, I pray not for these only, but also for them who will believe in me through their word. So he was praying for us. And go back to what verse 3 of that chapter 17 says. Actually, let's start from verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. This is Jesus saying of himself, but talking to the Father. He says, as thou has given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou has given him. So our Lord Jesus is saying to the Father, praying for us, saying, Father, you have given me all power over all flesh that I should now give eternal life to as many 
as thou has given unto me. And then in verse three, he says, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Again, there's that word know, which is, you know, a derivative of, of the word knowledge. And it says that they might know you. This is eternal life. Remember in that first Peter, he said, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. And here in this John 17, verse three, and this is eternal life that they might know thee, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou have sent. So again, there is that condition. The condition of eternal life is he's telling them, this is really what eternal life means, that they would know you, Holy Father, and also know me, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm harping on this knowledge bit because we have a habit of going to church, being Christians, wanting to quote Bible promises and based on our requests and the things that we need and the things that we are asking God to give to us. We, we learn all the verses and we quote all these verses along the lines of God's promises, which are true. His promises saying he will give us this or he will give us that. But we don't place as much importance on this aspect of knowing Jesus, of the knowledge of Jesus, especially when Jesus says these things like, and this is life eternal, that they would know you and know me. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 8, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians and he's saying, starting from verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Verse 8, yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss, all, the loss of all things and do count them as dung that I may win Christ. Again, look at the importance, the priority that the Apostle Paul is now placing on the knowledge of Jesus Christ, recognizing all the precious promises that come with the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the priority over the other things that God is willing to give us and wills to give us and wants to give us, but he wants us to put it in a hierarchy. And that is the same hierarchy that is outlined in that verse, the Bible verse, and I forget exactly where it is now, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, the all these things are the promises, 
our wants and our needs and the things that we are seeking from the Lord, rightfully so. Because if there's anything we desire, we want to desire it of the Lord. But there is so much more that is contained in this knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the book of Colossians, in the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, 2, and 3. But I'll just read certain verses. Colossians 1, 9 says, For this cause... We also, since the day you heard it, do not cease to pray for you. This is the Apostle Paul speak, speaking to the people of, of Colossae. And he says that, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There's that word knowledge again. Verse 10 of that Colossians chapter 1, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. In chapter 2 of Colossians, verse 3, we're speaking of Christ. He says, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, and have put on the new man. This is we being born again. We have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created the new man. This is again Christ, who is the image of the new man. And we are to be renewed in the knowledge of Christ. So this knowledge, it keeps coming back to how great and precious are the promises of God that exists not just in him saying he has the ability and the desire to give us all these things that we need, but there is a far greater promise that is contained in us desiring to increase in the knowledge of God and increase in the knowledge of Christ. There are so many times questions are asked by unbelievers about things in the Bible. And a lot of these questions, you know, about things that happened in, in Genesis, I got a question today. And someone was telling me about a pastor who was asked a question about something that happened in Genesis and the, and the pastor's response was, well, I don't know, I wasn't there. And it all seemed kind of funny and kind of cute. And the only issue I had with that was that, you know, if someone is coming to a pastor with a biblical question, there is an expectation that the pastor would know the answer, being that they are a pastor. And I say that not to try to ridicule the pastor, but what I'm just, the point I'm trying to make here is that, that we might increase in the knowledge of God and in Jesus Christ whom he has sent. There has to come a time where saying, I don't know, we cannot be satisfactory to us. We know things only because God reveals them to us, but there has to be a desire to know. There has to be a desire to increase in the knowledge. There has to be a desire to get beyond the comfort of just saying, well, I have no clue to seeking 
from God this knowledge to know him more so that when we are asked these things when it is time to teach when it is time to expound when it is time to enlighten then we have what god has given us through christ through his holy spirit we have it because we have desired it we have it because we have sought to increase in the knowledge of God. We have sought to increase in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is so important to do this. It is so important because here Christ is saying through Peter, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is so much grace that comes with the increase in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Going back to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, remember what was said to Daniel, what the angel said unto Daniel when he approached him in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. It says, Then said he unto me, this is the angel speaking unto Daniel, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Listen to how profound that statement is from the angel to Daniel. From the moment, from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Remember what I just said about the pastor who was asked the question and his response was, I don't know. Have you set your heart to understand? Have we desired to know the things that we don't know? Have we desired to understand the mysteries of the word, the mysteries of the gospel that can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit? Yes, but do we even genuinely desire to know? Do we genuinely desire to understand? Or do we, like the Apostle Paul, count all other things as dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Do we desire this? Because it is absolutely important that we desire to increase in the knowledge of God and in the knowledge of Christ, in the knowledge of the resurrection, in the knowledge of the crucifixion, in the knowledge of God's purpose behind all that, in the knowledge of God's purpose behind everything, his design for man, his design for salvation, his design. Do we desire to know these mysteries that can only be revealed through the Holy Spirit of God? Because if we desire, as the angel said unto Daniel, I have come for thy words. God will always come for that desire because it is his will that we desire to increase in the knowledge of God and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 20. For if after... They have escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, there is that emphasis 
being placed on the knowledge that it helps us to escape the pollutions of the world. It helps us to escape the bondage of this world, the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is so important that we go beyond. There is no mystery in God being able to give us things. It is the, it is the thing he makes the most abundantly clear in the Bible. He parts Red Sea so that we can walk on dry ground. Uh, on dry ground, God has shown us his ability to give us things right from the beginning. He has shown us this ability. So when we bleed for these things, that is not where God requires us to bleed because there is no mystery there. With God, all things are possible. He can do it. He wills to do it. It is not a mystery. But revelation is a mystery. The secrets of God are a mystery. And he only reveals those things to those who fear him and have a genuine desire to know. Not for the sake of pride. Not for the sake of boasting, not for the sake so that we can promote ourselves and promote our names and, and, and draw attention to ourselves. He sees the heart and he desires our heart to desire to know him because in there is increase in grace and peace. In there is freedom from the pollutions of this world. In there is everlasting life. For this is everlasting life, that they might know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is God's desire, so that he may come from, for our words from the day that we set our hearts to understand and to chasten ourselves before him. Brethren, brothers and sisters, he is telling us in his word, it is his will his earnest will and desire for us to desire to know him, to increase in the knowledge of him, to increase in the knowledge of Christ, because there are so many hidden and precious and powerful promises that manifest only as we increase in the knowledge of him. And my favorite verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says just that. And this is from that same Second Peter. Second Peter, and this is from um, chapter 3 of that Second Peter. And I'll read from verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wickedness, fall from your own steadfastness. But instead, instead of falling away from our steadfastness by following the teachings of false prophets, and we can only follow the teachings of false prophets because we don't know the word of God. We can only believe what false prophets tell us because we don't know the word of God. If we know the word of God, then false prophets can never deceive us. We can never go after heresies. We can, only, we can never go after doctrines that feed the belly and make people 
cleave to 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 lustful desires and and to and to increasing in things as opposed to increasing in the knowledge of God. The the he calls he calls these false prophets. He says their God is their belly, meaning they do it unto vanity. They don't do it to serve him. They do it to serve themselves. So this is what he's worrying us in that verse 17 of 2 Peter 2. He says, lest ye be led away with the error of the way of these false prophets, of, of these false prophets, which he calls wicked and falling from our own steadfastness. But this is what he requires us to do instead. In that 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He requires that we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because it is in the knowledge of Christ as we increase in the knowledge of Christ, in the knowledge of God, that those hidden precious promises of grace and peace and revelation and enlightenment and power and internal life, it is there that we find these things. So it is my prayer for myself, my prayer for you, my prayer for the church of God, that we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name.